Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. People moving out, people moving in. Why? Because of the color of the skin. Run, 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 but you sure can't hide. song back in the 60s is as true today as it was almost uh, 60 years ago. Absolutely spot on to what we went through in the 60s. And so all the insurrection, all the rebellion, all the rioting, shooting and looting, and what did it bring to those cities? Absolutely nothing at all. Except for a vast exodus of those who had the wherewithal, leaving behind those who couldn't pay the taxes and needed social services. And we can go through a whole litany of cities and never recovered from that. Detroit being number one, Newark, New Jersey being number two, and we can continue on and on and on. And you would think we would have learned from those days of insurrection, rioting, looting, and shooting in the streets, when a lot of officials, even back then, said, you know, let, let, let the community release its anger. Let them just go go off. Because what, 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 what's the result here? What do we do, confront our own citizens in the streets? And bad decisions were made then, and bad decisions have been made ever since. And... We're going to all focus on Memphis as we continue to do 24-7-365 because of the murder of Tyree Nichols at the hands of the five Memphis police officers, five black cops, Tyree Nichols, black victim. And now uh, the Memphis Police Department has told us there were other cops who've been laid off since. They finally got the white guy they were looking for who uh, had one of his body cameras on. So that cop uh, has been uh, pushed to the sideline, pushed on the shelf with a few others. And then they have pushed onto the shelf three of the EMT responders, two black, one white. And there's going to be more and more. They've disbanded the Scorpion unit, which was the elite tactical patrol force put together by the elected officials in Memphis. Because, again, need I remind everybody, because, you know, we always forget We always forget what caused the creation of these special tactical patrol forces. Back in September, there was the white teacher who would go out jogging every morning before she would go to school, right there on the border where Memphis meets the suburbs in Shelby, the county. And she was uh, gruesomely kidnapped, repeatedly raped, and killed by a black predator who had a history of doing this. And, oh, my God, Memphis uh, was on the map internationally for that. 
quickly followed by a crazed black gunman who was in a car going by randomly doing drive-by shootings. That's like we saw overnight in Lakeland, Florida, where upwards of 11 people were shot, I think, two dead in a series of drive-by shootings there. But in this case, it was one person who went on a rampage back in September throughout the streets of Memphis and was shooting black victims uh, randomly. And he was a black himself. So as a result of this escalating crime and Memphis having few things that would attract you any longer, other than it is the epicenter, it is the cultural epicenter of America, where rock, rock and roll was created in 1950, where the blues has been uh, synonymous with that city, where you have the uh, mansion for Elvis and everything else that's associated with the American musical cultural experience along Beale Street and the side streets. It's also the home of the Civil Rights uh, Museum of America, where you can actually see the motel where Martin Luther King Jr. was shot dead and killed on April 4th, 1968, that led to rioting, shooting, and looting all over the country, the Lorraine Motel. It's a great city if you've ever been to Memphis, but it's fallen on real hard times. I anticipate when all is said and done, Federal Express, that's where it was first birthed. That's its international headquarters will probably depart because there will be pressure on businesses there. Because the person who is in charge of Memphis now, it's not the black police commissioner who was brought over from Atlanta when she was fired there for not handling sexual harassment charges in the department. No. She's basically folded and capitulated. It won't be the mayor. It won't be the governor of the state of Tennessee. The person calling all the shots now is the attorney for the family of Tyree Nichols, Ben Crump. Ben Crump is telling you what has to be done as if he were an elected official. He represents the interests of the family. He does not represent the interests of the people of Memphis. He is claiming, and he will be joined tomorrow by Al Slim Shady Sharpton, who will do the eulogy. That what this should be is the final push for the George Floyd federal bill that got bottled up in Congress when they attempted to shove it through in 2021. It passed the House, but the Senate, thank God, blocked it. Now, the main tenant of this George Floyd federal piece of legislation is that you will strip qualified immunity from every police officer from close to close. That means... If any police officer gets into a jam, he or she will be fully responsible for their actions, subject to arrest, which they still are, even though they're they're covered by qualified immunity. But in this case, they can be personally sued. That's what the George Floyd legislation would provide nationally. It probably won't get through this time. But listen to what Ben Crump is saying on a regular basis. This is a problem that is systemic to America. And he has even gone so far to say, and now it's being repeated over and over by the chorus, that even though it was five black police officers who killed uh, Tyree Nichols, the black victim in the streets of Memphis, this is another act of white supremacy. And let me cut it down to the basics because they won't use this language, but I will. And basically saying that the five black police officers in the specialized Scorpion unit 
which has been disbanded as a result. All 40 uh, police officers reassigned. They'll be neutered. Uh, they'll be impotent in Memphis Police Department patrolling what is the highest violent crime city in America per capita per person. It's a city of 750,000. Per capita per person, it has a more violent crime rate than nearby Chicago up the Mississippi River, St. Louis north of it, and New Orleans south of it. Now, that's saying a lot. So if you all of a sudden render the police impotent, who's going to benefit? Of course, you got the drug posses and you got the drug boys who are just going to lay siege to that city. And then you're going to have a dearth of tourism. And then all of a sudden, Beale, city, Beale Street will almost be impossible to spend time there and spend your money there. And the city will be devastated. And we've seen this before. But it will come about because... You don't have five white cops. You needed that. If you notice, the protests have been meek and mild all over the country. Imagine if it had been five white cops, right? Think about that. Five white cops. It would have been burning, looting, and shooting. So the fact that you have five black cops who are the perpetrators of this violent crime, this murder, has meant that now, once again, in the city, in the inner city, You got blacks saying, you see, that's what happened in the time of slavery. You would have your house Negro and you would have your field Negro. And the house Negro, in order to stay in the house, would do whatever master wanted. And master, in this case, is the man. Now, I don't know who the man is. Maybe it's uh, President Joe Biden. But he seems to be totally uh, bending over against the cops and supporting those who would like to uh, defund the police and defund prisons. Think of that. That's where this is all leading to. This is this is all part of white supremacy. And I ask all of you, let's look back to the other situations that have occurred where black suspects or black victims have been killed at the hands of police departments. Let's see, it was uh, 2014. Remember, there was Ferguson. city only had about 18,000 population. And remember, it was equally divided amongst blacks and whites. And then all of a sudden you had Michael Brown, who had already assaulted somebody in a convenience store, smacked him around, attacked Aaron Wilson in his police car. Darren Wilson shot, killed him. And people came from all over the country. And it was rioting, shooting, and looting. Remember that, 2014? Can anybody say that Ferguson is a better place as a result of it? And St. Louis, which is right nearby, has actually even gotten worse than it was before. So that's number one. Number two, Body Bag City, Baltimore. Remember the case of Freddie Gray, 2015, in which uh, they put him in the back of the police uh, paddy wagon and they claimed he had a rough ride. And as a result, he broke his neck and then eventually died in the hospital. And then Marilyn Mosby, who was the uh, district attorney of Baltimore County, prosecuted six cops, blacks and whites, all of them acquitted by predominantly black juries and charged with second degree murder. Look at what's happened since. Baltimore has continued to enhance its reputation as body bag city. The cops are impotent. And the very woman who was prosecuting prosecuting the six cops who were acquitted, Marilyn Mosby, she's up on charges now of stealing money. She's on federal trial now. And then, of course, is uh, L.A. Rodney King. Can anybody say that L.A. has become a better city as a result of the rioting, shooting, and looting and the insurrection afterwards? And what about Minneapolis? The uh, killing of George Floyd by Chauvin, he became the face of white police all over America. 
You wanted to tar and feather all cops by saying any one of them could be chauvin, putting their knee into the neck of a black suspect, and then killing him in the streets of South Minneapolis, which he did. And then the rioting, shooting, and looting that followed, even the sacking and burning of a police precinct, no response from the feckless mayor or the weak and feckless governor. And can anybody say that the police department in Minneapolis has improved since they can't even recruit cops? Thugs are running wild in the street. Murder rates have accelerated. We're talking Minneapolis, which used to be considered one of the quieter, milder, meeker cities in all of America. Never considered in the top 20 of major crime categories. And now it totally is. And remember, the radicalized city council in Minneapolis, which uh, decided to strip the authority from the police, new to them. It's almost as if they captured them, neutered and spaded them, put them back out on the streets and said, don't enforce the laws. And then all of a sudden, when many of those city council people were being assaulted themselves, decided that the sucker taxpayers would pay for private security that would be assigned to some of the city council members in Minneapolis who were pro-demonstration, pro-looting, pro-shooting, wanted to continue on with the demonstrations in the aftermath of George Floyd's killing in the streets of South Minneapolis, and now they were being protected by sucker taxpayers having to foot the bill for armed private security. Think of it. Right now, when Sharpton finishes the eulogy tomorrow, when Ben Crump finishes uh, dissecting and bisecting and neutering and spading the police department there so that they will be rendered completely ineffective, when the media packs its bag, takes its cameras away, when Sharpton comes back to New York City and Ben Crump goes to the next situation where he is the family consigliere and advisor When a black man is killed at the hands of the police, whether it's a questionable killing or it's, as in the case here of Memphis, an outrageous killing, they will continue on. But in their wake, can anybody say that any of these cities actually improved? No. In fact, the rate of violent crime has escalated and the predominant number of violent uh, victims of uh, thugs who are predominantly black or predominantly black themselves victims. Did a good job. Ben Crump is now on a mission to strip qualified immunity from every police officer in America, including Barney Fife and Mayberry RFD. That's the mission. We cannot let them succeed because if they strip the cops of qualified immunity, it's basically uh, we got to stand alone. It'll have to be a Second Amendment country wherever you may be in order to defend yourself, your family, your property, and your whole way of life. Talking about this is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Right on 57th Street between 10th and 9th. Too bad we can't put up a jumbotron with James Brown.
Just think, you're an illegal alien. You didn't have two nickels to rub together, two pesos. You make it to New York City with the help of Catholic charities using federal taxpayer dollars. What a racket that is. And they end up putting you in the Watson Hotel, right, with all the amenities. Used to be the old Holiday Inn. And next thing you know, you're told, no, 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 no. You got to go to the cruise line terminal there at the end of Red Hook, right at the end of the wharf. And you're told that, wait a second, Red Hook? Hold on, where the hell is Red Hook? And you try to find it on the map and you realize there's like no mass transportation there. And it's a terminal. And so some of your amigos go on the initial bus, the MTA, money-taking agency bus, although for you it's free transportation. And then all of a sudden you go there and you see what is this huge dormitory. A thousand beds, back-to-back, belly-to-belly, there they are. And all you got are four bathrooms for what they want. A thousand single-abled-bodied illegal aliens from Venezuela, from Nicaragua, from Cuba to be housed there and to stay there. And then, like, didn't we hear this before, Lou? Uh, Are we in a flashback mode? Didn't Eric Adams swag a man with no plan do this before in Orchard Beach? Remember, he's going to have a thousand illegal aliens Single able-bodied men from Venezuela that would be housed there. And after spending oogles of money, a little more, more music here. I got to have my music here, Lou. I mean, just think on a Jumbotron at 57. Let me hear it. Yeah. With his gold paved in the streets. Illegal aliens, come one, come all. Because your Papa Chulo, Joe Biden, said, who's your daddy? And who showed up with a $5,000 customized suit to greet you? The first wave of buses coming from El Paso? Or was Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who said, hey, I got 77 hotel, no-tell, Holiday Inn Expresses to house you in. We give you food, and you tell us we don't want to eat your food because it's not culturally appropriate. You end up going out in the streets and buying weed, legally, illegally, obviously illegally. You're drinking cerveza, coronas, littering your hotel rooms. And according to people who work in the hotels, you're having sex in the stairways. Isn't it great to be in America? And who's paying for all of this? You and me, the taxpayers of New York City. Yeah. Oh, feels real good. And then you're being told, no, you got to get on a bus and you got to go out to that terminal in Red Hook. And then all of a sudden, a series, a cottage industry has emerged. All these folks, American, born and raised, many of them McWhitey-Whiteys, who decide they have to stand and speak on behalf of the illegal aliens who right now are refusing to leave the Watson Hotel. The hotel is refusing to let them back into their rooms. It's either the street or the cruise terminal for these men. It's either the street or the cruise terminal for these men. Kick them out. I mean, what the hell? They don't want to go to the cruise terminal. We're paying for all of this. That's it. Go back to your country. Although I have an ultimate answer coming up. And another one of this, of their um, 
sort of apologists. It seems like, again, it's a cottage industry of these uh, radicals who are constantly having demonstration days. You are, listen to this guy. He's been chosen their spokesperson. Why? Because he's white and he speaks English. The, the migrants want to go back into their private rooms in this hotel like they had. That is first and foremost, and we would love to invite the city to the table to talk about how we're going to find permanent housing. Want to invite the city to the table? This is like, what, a negotiation with 32BJ? You know, the doorman in the city, or 1199, the union, or TWU Local 100? What is this, like a negotiation for a contract? And wait! Then they have the chutzpah, the culions, the hubris. To have a spokesperson who says, hey, we're on billionaire's row. I'm looking at condos that are worth $40 million that are empty. They should be ours. Procure it now. We need one thing to be clear. Eric Adam only has one plan so far. Eric Adam's plan is to loot the city's departments and give that money to the NYPD and the developers who are gentrifying this city. He could have easily, along with Governor Hochul, opened up all the vacant luxury apartments. We are on 57th Street right now. This is Billionaire's Row. Half of the super towers on this street are empty. These are $40 million apartments. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. This will be our primary language soon. We'll have to understand Spanish first because English is going to be a secondary language. Maybe not even that. Look at the crowd is all fired up. Now, how come, Lou, they are marching down the 34th Street Penn Station where Joe Biden, the president, feeble, stumbling, bumbling, has found his way to remark uh, on the infrastructure deal that he wants for the Hudson Tunnel, a new Hudson Tunnel that will connect uh, New York and New Jersey, because obviously the one we have now with 13 tracks is falling apart. How come they're not there saying, hey, Papa Chulo, you told us in your election against Trump, you were our Papa Chulo. Who's your daddy? Come, come, and we'll take care of you. Nah, nah, of course, because that's not going to pay off. Who are they aiming this at? The swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams, who's afraid to confront the people that he welcomed into this city, that he said he would provide them services. Instead, he went to the Red Hook Terminal and feebly and weakly came out and said these words. I just had to come here when I started hearing all the rumors about it was too cold. Uh, (laughs) My brother got on shorts. He's inside. (laughs) It's warm inside. Uh, about uh, the food not being there, uh, you know, healthy food is presence. What the hell is he talking about, Lou? He took an orange out of his pocket. He stole the illegal aliens' food that was supposed to be there. And then he claimed that he was playing ping pong. That's right, ping pong. You know, this is the sport of Frank Morano, right? Frank Morano has tournaments every Saturday morning in his basement in Tottenville on the South Shore. Maybe he'll invite the illegal aliens there. They can play ping pong back and forth. Hey, where are your weibos? Eric Adams, you invited them here. You and Cardinal Dolan. And the schmuck the putts, Chuck E. Cheese, you and now you're afraid to go outside of the Watson Hotel on 57th Billionaire's Row as you go east and tell them we are evicting you now. You are going to the terminal in Red Hook or else. 
Now, on that very note, notice what's taking place. Oh, the rich, the famous, as uh, it used to be. Oh, oh, it was that great show. Lifetimes of the Rich and Famous, Robin Leach, one of their... Uh, one of his focuses would have been if he was still alive. He he would want Stephon Curry, right? Stephon Curry, who is like all NBA, even though he's one of these cryptocurrency criminals. Now he and his wife are saying, we live in a very rich, well-to-do, protected community where the average homes average uh, about $30 million. We do not want affordable housing built next to us. No. In the East Bay of uh, San Francisco, Oakland. No. We we don't want to build next. Now, wait a second. Stefan, are you black? Is your wife black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Let me see. So not in my backyard. Not in my rich backyard. And then look at the rest of these cryptocurrency pirates, these Bitcoin bandits who made millions, these celebrities just like Stefan Curry, who has never apologized. He actually encouraged you to invest in cryptocurrency, the Ponzi scheme. There's Ashton Kutcher. Did he give any money back? Nope. Mike Tyson? Nope. Gwyneth Paltrow, Pitbull, Snoop Dogg, eh, he probably gave a few uh, blunts back. Johnny Depp, Mark Cuban, right, of Shark Tank. And where is his partner? They advise everyone, invest in cryptocurrency, the Ponzi scheme, right? And you better believe they don't want any affordable housing in their neighborhood. And then, of course, the biggest sanctimonious hypocrite of all from Seinfeld days, Larry David, who has that mansion on Martha's Vineyard and wouldn't even put up those illegal aliens that, remember, Governor DeSantis uh, flew in from Texas, from the border. Oh, they sanctimonious hypocrites. They ripped you off by telling you to buy cryptocurrency. And the moment there is an idea to put affordable housing in their neighborhoods, which is, uh, when I say affordable, we're talking about low income, they're claiming no, a thousand times no. Hey, maybe you ought to talk to Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, who's trying to force that into the backyard of every independent, autonomous town, village, community, county, and city within the entire width of New York State from Buffalo to Brooklyn. Oh, how quickly it changes when it affects you. Oh, up next, you're not going to want to miss. It's the Sid Rap. And the continuation of La Cuomo Nostra. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret. And visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Spectacular! Now, here's the Sid Wrap-Up. Boy! Lou and Macedonia, Phil, Justin, and like all three of you who don't want me doing the Sid Wrap because you wanted to do it. In fact... Macedonia and Phil actually boycotting today, not finding one of the cuts. Hey, tough noogies will deport you to Macedonia. You can't even find it on the map, you hipster millennial from Bushwick. But don't, I don't want to digress. This is the continuation of La Cuomo Nostra. As you remember, last week, Chris Cuomo was acting like Sonny Corleone, all hot under the collar, was threatening to give a beat down to our own Sid Rosenberg, right? He wanted a bare-knuckle fight. 
And, you know, acting like a tough guy, anybody calls him Fredo. And then all of a sudden, exclusive to the Sid Rosenberg and Friends show, as I appear every Monday at 7.05 and Friday, 7.05, I resurrected a cut from when I was hosting 10 years ago, the morning show on AM 970, the answer for four years, four years of my life I'll never get back. I want you to listen to Chris Cuomo call himself Fredo. Well, see, I've dubbed it La Cuomo Nostra, uh, that there is a there is a group of people, of politicos, who always hint that they might run but don't necessarily plunge all the way, and they are members of La Cuomo Nostra. <laughs> so who am I then, Fredo? Yes, exactly. So you better be careful that, they, that your brother Andrew doesn't kiss you on both cheeks and then all of a sudden they take you out into the middle of the lake and then, where's Chris? He kisses me plenty, but because he's a great big brother. I think that in fairness uh, to Andrew, and really anybody who comes from a family of service, I think you got to judge everybody individually. Notice he didn't get upset there, because I'm a tough guy. I'd have knocked his block off. But anyone else, you call him Fredo. Oh, he goes ballistic. By the way, he called himself Fredo in that interview, if you notice. But anyway, I digress. And yet he continued all last week uh, to threaten Sid Rosenberg, won a boxing match for charity, a million dollars, which, let's face it, our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, he's a billionaire. That would have been tip money to him. And now all of a sudden he's gone quiet, Lou. He's gone quiet because he's out there at his mansion in the uh, Southamptons where he is hit. The mattresses, they're stirring the marinara sauce with his brother, Michael Corleone, a.k.a. Andrew Evilice Cuomo. King Cuomo the second, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo and their wartime consigliere, Joe Pococo. But rising to the occasion, a star is born at 87. Sid Rosenberg's mother, Naomi, said it all. Why don't you start with the biggest story of all before you start yelling about the crime and, the, and Eric Adams that there's a, a, a news person in the city, Mom, who wants to beat me up. Your, your son, he wants to beat me up. Oh, that animal? No. That Cuomo? That animal? That, guy, that yeah. degenerate? That degenerate? <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> who killed all those innocent Well, it wasn't him. His, his, his brother killed everybody, Andrew. This is Chris he who was wants a, to beat oh, He was involved, him yeah. and his brother. Yeah, my two, two maniacs, yeah. two low lives. Yeah. Just put these poor, innocent people into these nursing homes mm. and let them die there of this horrific disease mm. that this animal, the creature, allowed this this doctor, supposed doctor, allowed this terrible, terrible, terrible disease to kill off so many millions all over the world yeah. that, that killed all these innocent people in this nursing home. In these nursing homes, I'm besides myself. But more importantly, so I shouldn't. So I shouldn't fight him. I shouldn't. Should I beat him up, Mom? Oh, please! Right. Don't even don't stoop to his level, please. Right. You right. know, when you had this well, thing for charity with Bernard, God rest his soul. Yeah, that was a whole other thing. Mom, I almost but died you, in the ring that day. What are you talking about? I know, but uh, listen. At least there was a good reason for this. Oh, right. This. I wouldn't died. lower myself to his standards. All right. Oh, please, please. It's not a matter of you could take him out. That's no. not where do, do you, But do you believe, as my mom, that I can take him out? Be honest, mom. Oh, in a minute. In oh, a minute. Nice. He's my He's an old, dumb. old, yeah. crouchy guy right. already. Are you yeah. kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Please. 
Oh, the star is born, Naomi. But let me tell you a little music here, please, uh, briefly here, Lou. And yet, on that same show, uh, 9 o'clock hour, Melissa DeRosa was supposed to appear. She was the former chief of staff of Andrew Evilice Cuomo. And she pulled a CT, a Cuomo tease, on Sid. She said she had other work that was more pressing. I, My advice to Sid was... She is the peacetime consigliere. Allow her to return and see what kind of offer she makes you on behalf of Andrew Evilized Cuomo and Fredo Chris that you can't refuse. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.